Well, good afternoon, church family. Uh, today we find ourselves midweek uh, in the middle of the month of December as we find ourselves uh, being able to enjoy the Word of God once more in our study of Psalm 119. Uh, we're going to be looking at the section entitled Mem uh, as we look at verses 97 through 104, uh, where I've entitled it, God's Word is Always Sweet to My Taste. And so before we dig into the Word of God together today, let's go ahead and, and open up our time in a word of prayer. Gracious Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We, we thank you for the 16th of December of 2020, uh, where we have the opportunity, uh, the privilege, uh, and the joy to open up your Word once more. And I pray for each one that uh, hears this, uh, for our church family, as they have the opportunity to uh, be fed just a little bit more to get them through the remainder of this week. Uh, may these words uh, truly, as uh, we look at this text today, uh, be sweet to their taste. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me go ahead and read uh, our section here in Psalm 119, starting in verse 97. It says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not set or turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So as I said, I have entitled this section, God's Word is Always Sweet to My Taste. And that's a question you need to ask yourself. Is God's Word always sweet to your taste? When you pick up the Word of God and you open it, do you find it something sweet? Something that is uh, bringing to your senses uh, something of sustenance, but also something that is uh, wanted or desired. See, the truth is that at any given moment of the day, uh, we can find ourselves dwelling on a, uh, a, a myriad of things pertaining to life or in the world in which we live. Uh, there are distractions that will bring us left and right, uh, and those distractions are not necessarily bad. Uh, distractions that cause us to, uh, you know, bring our focus towards the Lord and to realize the importance of uh, the sweetness of His Word in our lives is a good thing. Uh, but the thing is, is that there is things at every moment of the day battling for your attention. Uh, and the question is, as the psalmist is putting forth here uh, in a very bold and passionate statement, uh, declaration, uh, as it were, is, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. So taking a, a, look, a closer look at that phrase, oh, how I love your law. Notice the tense. It's not in the past where it says, I have or there was a time when I loved your law. He says, oh, how I love your law. Uh, it's not future. It doesn't say, I will one day mature in my faith to love your law. It says, right now. Oh, how I love your law. So it's in the present tense. It's at this moment. It is this day, this hour, this time that we have together, uh, that we are opening up the Word of God together as a church family, that 
he has a love for the law or a love for the Word of God. And you'll notice, too, in that phrase, it says, Oh, how I love your law. Well, how is a word of contrast. So compared to everything else out there, everything else that can bide for his time, for his energy, uh, for everything pertaining to the life that he is living, he's saying that my love for your word is more. Uh, and again, he doesn't even say that he has just a, a, a goodness towards it. He says, I love it. Uh, it is part of who I am. Uh, I love your law uh, because it is a law, as we'll find, comes from the Lord himself. Well, notice that word love. I want you to think uh, as you contemplate your love for the word of, uh, of God as to whether or not you actually have a true love for it. Because you can obey and apply the word of God without having a love for it. Uh, it becomes an instruction manual. It becomes something that... <clears throat> has good moral thought to it, uh, and you can obey it, uh, and you can have uh, the ability to apply it to your everyday life, but yet not love what it actually is, that it is uh, words from the Lord himself. You can embrace it as a profitable thing uh, in the, the nature of what it does uh, to help you live, but you can live with or without it because you really truly don't have a love for it. But the psalmist is declaring that he loves God's law. He loves God's word. So the difference here is instead of it just being an intellectual embracing of uh, a, as it were, good book, uh, something that is uh, able to be obeyed, something that can be applied, he says, I love it. So in other words, it is the very lifeblood for him spiritually. He has taken it to the place that it really should go. Because it's God himself who gives us a love for his word. Because the reason we are able to love something other than ourselves is because of the grace of God in our lives, because he loved us first. But the psalmist understands what it says in, in verse 81 that we looked at uh, previously, that my soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. Uh, he agrees with what it says in Psalm 63, 1, that, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He understands what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, that like a newborn infant, uh, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So it's taking it a step further where the Bible is not just something to be obeyed. The Bible is not just something to be applied. The Bible is something that provides the very lifeblood and connection with the God who made you so that your soul longs for it. You, you can't live without it. Uh, and so the psalmist is, is putting forth in a very passionate way, oh, how I love your law. So is the Word of God always sweet to your taste? Well, what are some ways that you can increase your love for the Word of God? Well, we can take an example right here from the psalmist. Look at what it says at the end of verse 97. It is my meditation all the day. So if you are not meditating on the Word of God all the day, then chances are you do not have a love for the Word of God. 
then that doesn't mean that you stop doing everything that you have to do in order to be responsible and obedient to what the Word of God calls you to do in maybe being a provider for your family uh, in order to, to be a husband or a, uh, to your wife or a wife to your husband or to be parents to your children. You don't just throw that all aside and read the Word of God all day long because meditation is, saying, is taking what you've read at some other point or maybe at that very point, and taking time to take it in, to dwell upon it, to, to rehearse what those words speak, uh, and what God um, wants us to, to take from it, what He wants us to do to apply it. And we need to see that this is an investment of energy and time with the goal of sparking a deeper awareness uh, of how it can be a vital part in our spiritual growth, to be like those newborn infants that long for the pure spiritual milk, but with the intent to grow up into your salvation, to become more mature in your faith so that you can taste and see that the Lord is good, to know that the Lord's word is always sweet to your taste because it gives you the very thing that your spiritual life needs. It cannot exist without it because... Uh, a spiritual life devoid of the very food of the Word of God uh, is going to be a life that is uh, not complete, that will not be full. Uh, you can take time to listen to the Word of God with the expectation that it will accomplish what God sets it out to do. Uh, so, you know, as you're driving in the car, listen to uh, audio verses, uh, you know, as you're, you're driving through your phone uh, instead of listening to, you know, a radio station. Uh, and another way is to depend on the Word of God uh, as if your very existence spiritually is at stake. Because the, f- the fact is, is that we know we cannot live without physical food for our physical bodies because our physical bodies will fail if we don't feed them. And so when we look at this from a spiritual standpoint, to come to the point of what the psalmist says that, oh, how I love your law, it is my meditation all the day, is something that we need to see the investment and the time that needs to be given in order to give us that spiritual food that we need to be able to make a declaration, a passionate declaration in such a way. Well, the psalmist doesn't stop there because in verses 98, 99, and 100, uh, he goes on to say that your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. So let's focus for a moment here in verse 98, because the fact is God's word makes us wise. It gives us exactly what we need in order to live in the world in which we find ourselves. It reminds me of the the wonderful words in relation to uh, the word of God in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 15 through 17 where it says, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God uh, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So in other words, the Word of God, as it is breathed out through the writers that, that pen the words, Uh, has a a power that the words of man do not have. 
because it has within them the very power and authority of God himself. So that it actually accomplishes something because it says that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So in other words, we can take that principle to say that the word of God can give us the ability to be able to live the Christian life that that God is calling us to. To be able to, with the psalmist, make the declaration that, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day because your commandments actually make me wiser than my enemies because I know the truth as opposed to the lie because it is ever with me. Psalm 19, verses 7 and 8 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So we can see that God's word does, is, is active. It does things. It revives the soul. It makes wise the simple. Uh, it, it rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. Uh, and so the Word of God accomplishes something. It takes us to a place that we do not know of apart from the Word of God. Uh, Psalm 119.105, which we'll get to next time, is that your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the psalmist says, it is ever with me. Well, how is the Word of God ever with him? Well, because he's made it part of who he is. He meditates on it. He doesn't just read it and then go about his day without thinking about it, contemplating it, uh, taking time to, to, as it were, spiritually digest it. You know, uh, Psalm 119, verse 11, which we looked at way back at the beginning of our study, says, I have stored your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So that, that is a, a sense in which the, the word of God is ever with us because we store it in our heart to give us the, the artillery that we need so that we won't sin against God, so that we can live in an evil and corrupt world, but not be evil and corrupt ourselves. The thing is, is that God safeguards it being with us, where um, uh, as he says, it is ever with me. As we read John 14, 26, where Jesus said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Spirit has a wonderful work in a believer's life of bringing back to our remembrance the things that we've been taught, the things that we have learned, the things that we have meditated upon as we delve deeper into the Word of God so that the words that the psalmist says here, it is ever with me, are true. And we've got testimony in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, because what did Jesus Christ do? when he uh, was in the presence of Satan and had Satan make many foolish claims, things that were not true. Well, Jesus recalled and quoted the word of God to him. Well, verse 99 says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. So why is the psalmist wiser than his enemies? Well, because God's word gives him the understanding that he needs here based in verse uh, 99. In the, in, the, in the wisdom literature, in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 5, it says, Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. And the reason why those who seek the Lord understand justice completely is because God's word is enlightening uh, their, their minds, their hearts, their souls, uh, allowing the truth to set them free to be able to understand and embrace Uh, justice and truth and righteousness and holiness, all things that characterize who God is. 
And evil men do not understand it because they see things through natural eyes, not eyes that have been opened to spiritual things. In Job 32, 8, it says, But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand. Well, the breath of the Almighty for us as believers today is the very Word of God, the, 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 the Scripture that is breathed out by God to not only inspire the writers, but also to inspire us as we dig into His Word to give us the understanding that is God-breathing truth into our spiritual lives. In verse 100, it says, I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. See, the thing is, he understands more than those who are aged, those who should know better, those who have studied and should have all the answers, because the fact is, is the aged are not looking to and not meditating upon the Word of God. They should have more knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. But the psalmist, because of where his focus is, because of the fact that he has found a love for the the law or the Word of God, because he does meditate upon it, because... God's commandment actually makes him wiser than not only his enemies, but those who only rely in human knowledge, human wisdom, and human understanding, uh, as opposed to looking to the very power of God through his word to transform them. See, the psalmist understands that it is the word of God that is solely the sole authority for faith and practice. You know, in our doctrinal statement, that's part of one of the statements that's there in relation to the Word of God. It is our sole authority for faith and practice. And that is 100% the truth because it is God's Word who is the only authority in relation to everything, including all the difficult questions in life, including everything that pertains to life and godliness for us to be able to live the Christian life out Uh, and to to be able to practice the things that God's Word does put forth for us to obey uh, and to apply. But it takes it even that much further that when the Spirit is involved, uh, and as the psalmist has given testimony to, he will see that God's Word is always sweet to his taste because the Spirit breathes spiritual life through those words into the life of the psalmist and can do the same for us today so that we can love God's Word as we do meditate on it. And my prayer for you, church family, today as we find ourselves uh, just out over a week from Christmas is that uh, throughout all the busyness, throughout everything that you will find yourself facing, that you will stop and take time to meditate, to take time to realize why it's called Christmas, because it's all about Christ It's not about the presents we buy. It's not about the family that we have the chance to see. Uh, It is truly about the Son of God taking on human flesh and dwelling amongst us. Do you love God's Word? My prayer is that you do. Don't let it be something that's in the past that you have been or where there was a time when and not something future that one day you will mature in your faith enough to love the Lord and love his word, but instead that right now, at this moment, this day, today, December 16th of 2020, that you would renew a love for the word of God. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for these truths today. We thank you for the testimony of the psalmist. Thank you for his passion when it comes to you and your word that he does not just take it for granted, he does not just obey it and apply it, 
but he has a true, deep love for it. And I pray for myself as well as each and every one that um, is part of our church family here at Ellington Baptist Church, but also to those who may uh, listen to this video online. Uh, Lord, I pray that you, you would use this uh, time in the Word to be an encouragement to them, for them to see the need to have a love for your Word, which is our spiritual food, uh, that helps us to see more who you are and more of what we need to uh, change in order to become more like you, uh, the one who loved us enough to send his Son, Jesus Christ, uh, born of a virgin, Emmanuel, God with us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, church family. Uh, and as you uh, take a look next week, uh, Pastor Caden will have a special written out devotional uh, on next Wednesday, and then we'll pick up in part two of Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104 on uh, December the 30th. So uh, God bless you. Have a great week, and Lord willing, we'll see you on Sunday.